Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Monday. Um, the Kiwi Build crisis, uh, we, uh, when we focus on this a lot in the Mike Hosking breakfast, but now uh, Heather Duplessis-Allen Drive is uh, getting into it as well. Uh, the Crusaders, what the hell are they up to in South Africa, if anything? Uh, is the Christian party, this new Christian party, this proposed Christian party going to be national saviour? And uh, B-Day yesterday apparently uh, but before any of that uh new family violence uh measures being taken will it help how, how can we help why why are you doing this what is causing you to inflict so much pain on people that rely on you for love and protection is it some sort of sick addiction do you hate yourself for doing it and then vow never to do it again and get some kind of perverse, sadistic, sick thrill out of doing it? Is it because you feel powerless? You feel powerless in a in a hostile world, so therefore take it out on somebody or something you see as weaker than you? What on earth are you doing? And why, why put up with it? If you stay and you have children, you are allowing them to see some kind of sick blueprint for a relationship that they are going to go on and repeat. They're going to see you as worthless and see themselves as even less so. I am ashamed. I'm utterly ashamed to live in a country where the statistics are as bad as this. In so many ways, we are a lucky country. If you happen to be on the good side of the stats, life is sweet. But look at our suicide stats. Look at our family violence. Look at the numbers of children who have been killed over the years. And you have to wonder what sort of country we live in. Wow, okay. Uh, so fiery start to the News Talks Ed Bean podcast there. Um, I mean, it's a serious issue. It doesn't get much more serious than that. Let's try and... Uh, get things lighter as we go along although um, the Kiwi Bill not selling any houses it's wasting our money, we don't like that we need to take that seriously too probably Now why are these houses not selling do you think? I think there's a number of reasons. I think one of the key um, things that we're seeing more and more is people are really actually struggling to get lending from banks. We've seen significant changes since the end of last year with some basic bank policy changes in terms of um, you know, banks' actual appetite to lend. And whether that's a Kiwi-built home or a normal home or a you know, second-hand home, it's just got a lot tougher to lend. I also um, think that maybe there's a little bit of an underestimation from you know the Kiwi Build side themselves around this point, and the other issue is around we see a disparity between income and what people can buy, and we also see a, um, a huge amount of first home buyers with quite significant levels of debt. And since November, with the policy changes, those levels of debt have actually made it pretty much impossible for people to actually take out lending. So, what's the problem with existing debt and and lenders? Um, well, once upon a time, it was, you know, you could kind of mitigate or kind of, you know, I suppose, talk the bank around to say, well, look, we've got this piece of piece of debt, but it's under control. There just 
tougher now. That you know, it's just a lot tighter. I suppose you know the the appetite for risk is lower. We're seeing a softening housing market, and you know the banks do need to, at the end of the day, protect themselves. And I suppose it could be said, the um, you know the first home buyers themselves. I understand that it may be as strict as some banks not lending to buyers if they have any form of debt at all, even a credit card yeah. debt. Is that the case? Yes, it is the case. Yeah, so it turns out um, buying a house is a bit more complicated than buying a packet of party mix from the dairy. Who knew? Uh, the MMP, it's complicated as well. It, it turns out uh, you need some kind of party based on a religion, uh, which is you know based on imaginary people in the sky, in order to be in charge of the country. How does all this work? Look what's been an assault on sensibilities globally for many decent fair-minded voters, Christian ones included. The advent of exclusion as peddled by Trump, anti-women abortion reform. Closer to home, we've had cases like Israel Folau's anti-homosexuality polluting the Christian voting pond. All these extreme edge so-called Christian stances do nothing to serve a sensible, broader-minded Christian voting base. All it does is put people off. Why is it the extremist end of Christianity is always the one trying to inject itself into the political landscape? But now, now, there's Naro. He actually seems quite normal. A good speaker, seems sane. He may just be the right fit for a Conservative Party which can potentially grab a wider base of Conservative Christian voters. And given he's a national man, he's unlikely to rock the boat or cause too many ructions politically. He knows the game. Seems too polite to go rogue. But is this all a little too late? given the high the government's on, which shows no sign of abating anytime soon, and given Jacinda Ardern at this stage remains untouchable, and given we vote for leaders, not parties. Yes, a lot can change in a year, but a hell of a lot would need to go wrong between now and 2020 for the love affair with Ardern to wear off. The Kiwi Build flop, the fees-free flop, the disillusioned teachers, the shambolic DHBs still don't appear to be denting the government's shine thus far. There is much water to go under the bridge yet, which, speaking of bridges, may be another more pertinent problem for the Nats to solve between now and next year. But if Nara can get up and running and not surround himself with too many nutters, if he can bat away the devout fringe extremists who will no doubt want to join him, and if he can maintain a moderate conservative voice, he may just be the BFF that National needs. You see, he's kind of the opposite of everything I want in, in a representative, a parliamentary representative, because uh, I want, I don't really want um, ethics and morals. I'm sort of out to somebody who's a bit more depraved. Um, where's that guy? Maybe it's the same guy. They often turn out to be the same guy. Um, Marcus, uh, speaking of depraved behaviour, uh, he has a few words on what the Crusaders are alleged to have been up to in South Africa. This situation's not going to end well for the Crusaders. Watch this space. Because I tell you what, they will be... The TV shows will have interviews with this guy tomorrow. It's not a st- story that they're going to shut down. And they tried to say, OK, nothing to see here. And that has just inflamed the situation. There are very clear ways to handle something like this. Just saying that you got the rainbow tick is not the way to do that. There's probably only one way out of this for the Crusaders. I think they just need to all pair up and get married to each other. And I think it'll probably quiet everything down if they do that. Um, Problem solved. Um, We're going to finish up with International Bee Day. Uh, You know, of course, the, uh, the 20th of May is always Bee Day. We knew that, right?
B-Day is funny to say because it sounds like B-Day. When I was a young married woman, um, my husband was a beekeeper. And and he was um, cleaning up his frame, his, his the boxes. He was cleaning up the boxes. He had taken the frames out and there was a pile of boxes beside um, the steps. And I happened to be fasting that day. Mm-hmm which I felt had put me into a slightly clearer state. And I walked up the steps and I looked over into the box, the bee boxes, the bee boxes without the frames. Mm. And there were some bees in there sort of zooming around, lighting on the remaining frame, you know, little little bits of honeycomb that were still left there. Mm -hmm. And as I leaned over, Andrew, this is a fact. One little bee flew toward a little bit of honeycomb it hit the honeycomb and it went like this. Whee! That's <laughs> 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 a fact. Hurrah. And so, it was, so you thought, this is getting very anthropomorphic, and there's a word for you. <laughs> uh, so you actually thought the little honeybee was actually going, whee, like it was excited to be meeting a, the product of its efforts. That's exactly what it was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why bees fly or how bees fly? I do wonder about these sorts of things, especially bumblebees. Because they're immensely fat, and they've only got little wee tiny wings, and yes. you sit there going, how do you do this? I wonder I whether... I think it's the number of times they flap their wings in a second, you know, heaps, but mm. like hummingbirds. Yeah, I guess so. But hummingbirds are very light, and I can see that, you know, and, and they put a lot yeah. of effort in, and they eat a what lot of sugar. What about the bumblebee? I mean, a bumblebee is much bigger. Exactly. Well, I wonder whether the bumblebee is, in fact, much bigger, or whether it is actually fluff. I don't know. I don't, for strangely oh, enough, I don't I pick see. up I don't pick up bumblebees. Well, you'll just have to go and study one, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, that's the story. Okay. Lovely. Bye-bye. Lovely. Whee! Deborah. See, this is why Talkback Radio um, uh, will never die. Because you can't uh, write that in a social media post. What Deborah did there, the B impersonation? I'm not sure that you would necessarily want that or encourage that, but it's just an example. You see what I'm getting at. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, thanks for accessing this on the internet. On my pretend radio show, it was News Talk Z Bean. I'll be back with more of this pretend stuff tomorrow. See you then.